There's power in a drum beat on a hill above the sea. Power in the voice of a supporter. But it all amounts to nothing. Together we don't sing. Good evening, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to the Loyal Locals podcast. My name is Dylan. Uh, I am one of your hosts tonight. Um, and I'll give my uh, fellow hosts a chance to introduce themselves. Nate, you want to go ahead? Yeah, sure. Uh, hey, everyone. Uh, Nate Wiggins. Uh, happy to be here with these two fine and esteemed gentlemen. Uh, and I'll go ahead and pass it on to, uh, to my guy right here. Hey guys, Andres, Chavarro, everybody knows me as Chappy. Happy to be here. Happy to be hosting the last episode of the Loyal Locals podcast a year this year. Lots to talk about. And this is this is gonna be a good therapy season. Season no session. That's what I meant. Thank you. Yeah, so that's the theme of today's episode is therapy session. And spoiler, as Chappy mentioned, this is going to be the last episode of the season, but we'll come on to that later. Um, so thank you all for joining us on this somber Tuesday. Um, so I guess I'll just start off asking you guys, how does it feel to be a San Diego sports fan right now? I personally am a transplant. I didn't grow up here. Um, and I'm kind of bummed out. Well, not kind of, I mean, I use that as like a figure of speech. Obviously it kind of sucked. Uh, again, figure of speech but how do you guys feel uh, as san diego sports fans right now uh you know i've i've had better days better weeks um yeah you know it, it, it was tough tough on sunday it, 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 it wasn't even just the fact that you know we lost padres lost wave lost but also kind of just the way that it went down where it's like bottom of the eighth inning go ahead home run giving up a goal the wave in the in, in stoppage time and then kind of the way things that went down Sunday night at Torero, it was like just definitely a, a punch, not not all a punch to the gut, but three punches to the gut. And and you know, there's the whole talk about the curse and you know what it means to be a San Diego sports fan. And you know, a lot of us have been through this before with uh teams, whether it was the Padres in the past or teams that used to be here in San Diego, but still it was Sunday was and I'm still honestly recovering a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it was brutal, guys. That's all I can say. I, I I came home and I didn't say anything to to my wife or to any, like it was it was a very sad day. And as as you said it, Nate, I think I think it took it took it all from us that day. If you if you were if you were invested in in San Diego sports that day, because how did it say 043? That was that was hard. I mean, and 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 of course, me being hardcore loyal fan, and us being the last man standing, and how things went down at Torero, um, didn't feel good at all. Did not feel good at all. 
Christmas. No, it. Uh, I it was it was a tough night. I uh, I think it was right around like when Thomas got his second yellow. I literally like left and had to go for a walk because I just like it was I was a little overwhelmed. It uh, it was kind of tough to see it all like. Overall, this has been a great season, I thought, and it was kind of tough to see it all, like, come end that way. Like, you don't want it to be the punk, like, the punctuation mark at the end of this season. Like, that kind of was a tough pill to swallow. Um, but, I, you know, I think ultimately I will look back on some incredible moments this season um but uh yeah that was a pretty pretty tough night um also it's worth mentioning that this episode will also just kind of be a hybrid lounge um locals podcast so we're just kind of going to be shooting the shit here while we're going through stuff um so uh there will be no lounge after this but this will kind of have a more casual feel to it um so i guess on a more positive note what was something like locals related that stood out for y'all since the last podcast. Um, I know last week we had the audio only um, that Drew did shout out to Drew, by the way, for putting that together on a tough week where everyone was busy. I know I personally um, had told Drew I could host last week and then I was man, I managed to get tickets to NLCS game one. Um, and I wasn't going to miss that. Um, <laughs> but what uh, stood out for you guys, uh, you know, positive side locals related um, in the last week or so. I think I told you guys right before the episode that during the first half, I felt something that I had never felt in 109. And it was like that that vibe of everybody super invested, everybody being super loud. Um, we doing our part in the biggest game this club has ever had. And it, it was an emotional moment where I just turned around and I was chanting and I literally had a little bit of tears in my eyes just seeing how everybody was invested and and that that was that was a beautiful moment for me at the beginning at the and during the first half of the game on Sunday yeah for me I would say that was definitely I, I agree with Chappie and you know even to just to see everyone um there are people that you know we've had our home games have been few and far between really, you know, since August. So to, to be able to see everyone kind of, you know, getting behind, getting behind the team and, you know, kind of like Chappie was also saying earlier, it kind of felt like we were the, we were the last man. It felt like we kind of had, we were, you know, we were carrying the entire city on our backs. Um, and, you know, obviously, you know, it didn't end the way that we wanted it to end, but, you know, especially in that first half, the intensity and the, just the way that people felt. And even, you know, after they scored, even after Oakland scored their first goal, uh, see Koke turn around and kind of, you know, get the crowd riled up. And not only to see us continue our energy, but to see the rest of the stadium, uh, you know, uh, get up and, and get loud was was great. And, you know, again, obviously it didn't end the way that we wanted to. But, you know, for that brief moment, it, it definitely felt like, all right, you know what, we're going to back these guys no matter what happens. Yeah, and I mean, the first goal, too, that Oakland scored was a worldie that came against the run of play, and sometimes that's just going to happen, so there's, like, not a lot you can do about it. Um, and I love the way, too, that the stadium, like, got louder when Oakland scored. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, that was a big, I don't know, for me, that was a big positive from the other night. Um, but, yeah, I I don't know. We don't need to talk about the game much unless you, you guys have 
more you want to delve into there. Um, but the parking lot was before the game again, which was awesome. I it was a great turnout. I thought. Um, I were you? Did you guys get a chance to go? I did. Yeah. Um, great time. Shout out to Tom Blick, uh, who you know is, put, is always putting that together. I know he puts a lot of work into making sure that everything with the parking lot goes well. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it, it was a good time. And I felt like the energy at the parking lot, it, it was, you know, there have been times where I've been at parking lots in the past where the energy has been a little down and you don't know about attendance, but like from the jump, you know, I felt like everyone was energized. Everyone was ready to go. Um, and it felt like, all right, no matter what happens, we're going to, we're going to get behind the team um, for all 90. Yeah, it was, it was a great turnout. There was a lot of people there. I it was there from the beginning and, and, you know, normally we have to wait, I don't know like maybe 30 minutes before the march and when people actually start coming in i felt that on sunday people were there a lot earlier like the expectation was was higher so people were there earlier fun fact i have for you guys i don't know if you guys saw this happening if landon donovan gets to the stadium with a tray of like what i think was coffee like four four cups of coffee in his hand some papers in the other hand walking towards the locker room the security guy had no idea who this guy was made <laughs> him put everything down and reach from his for his um id or whatever to his credential <laughs> so he could get in and that was so funny. funny yeah i miss that that is pretty funny though <laughs> um yeah i i agree like i said i thought the attendance was good and uh the energy was high i how don't i don't know how were you guys feeling before the game i I personally was so anxious. I I told my girlfriend, like, I couldn't even eat, like, right before the game. Normally, I was going to get some food or something, but I was just so, like, hyped and anxious. I don't know. How were you guys feeling, like, before the game? Were you? I had a mix of emotions because I, I, mean, I was very, very nervous just because of, you know, in the past, Oakland has given us fits. It was playoff game, and I think that with playoff games, nerves, you know, are, are – you know, they've, they've raised much, much higher. Plus, I before – so after Barking Lot set up, I was feeling a little bit drained, so I went down to Babe Kombucha. Shout out, Babe Kombucha. Um, and uh, drank two of their Yerba Mate kombuchas, so each of which has 150 milligrams of caffeine. So I was pretty wired by the oh, time shit. I got <laughs> That's a lot, dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's like almost two cups of coffee. Oh, yeah, man. so I'm, I'm sure that didn't do anything to, to lower my stress levels. Oh, my God. Um, so, yeah, I was I was feeling a lot of different ways uh, at the barking lot. But ultimately, it, it was definitely a mix of nerves and also really, really, you know, a ton of excitement for our first ever home playoff game. I think anxiety was all I was feeling during – the whole day probably since the night before um i think i put it on the discord and i was like you know we all have been waiting for this moment they, they the club owed it to us from last year honestly we should have hosted a, a playoff game last year it didn't happen and it, it was finally happening and I, I just wanted it to start i just wanted it to begin and just to wait i think that i i was probably a little bit tired by the time the game started because just the anticipation of the whole day and and of course all the other sports going on it was it was hard but, but yeah it happened yeah it was almost like fatigue from just having yep. like the Padres was a brutal game wave was a brutal game I have the misfortune of being a Spurs fan so I had that in the morning which was a brutal <laughs> game 
Um, so it, uh, it was a long day. I agree. I think by the end of it, I was, I think I fell asleep like right when I got home, honestly, I was pretty overwhelmed with emotions. Um, but the occasion was great. Even if the game wasn't so good, um, I would say that like seeing the crowd as into it as it was and the stands as full as they were, you know, normally it takes the crowd like five, 10 minutes after the game starts to trickle in, but the stands were packed like before kickoff and people were hyped and, you know, I, I don't know. The occasion lived up to my expectations, even if the game didn't, I guess. But uh, I don't know. Any, I uh, Going back to the parking lot, though, I have one thing here that we wanted to ask. Was about, did anybody, maybe if they know in who's viewing, can throw it in the comments. Um, or if either of you know about why we were pushed through before the loyal players came out. Uh, on the march, we I know we were standing there singing for like maybe 10 minutes um, and the Oakland players came out, but we went through before the loyal players and we were just kind of wondering if anybody knew or if either of you knew. Um, I have I have theories, but okay. uh, Throw it at maybe, me. It, this maybe, is the maybe, maybe maybe it's uh, saved for uh, after hours. Uh, I mean, this is the lounge. the lounge. This is your last chance. Uh, let's get I, let's get Infowarsy here. <laughs> All I'm going to say is that it may relate to a certain player that was signed at the start of the year and oh. how, people, oh, how, people have, how people could have reacted had he walked by. That's just my theory. I have no but the records show I have I have no evidence. Oh, that makes too much yes, sense it, though and it theory. makes me mad. That's, that's oh. But uh I yeah, I it could be it could be a, a correlation, not a causation thing, but I some I'm, I feel like I'm kind of just putting mm. two and two together. I don't know. Maybe I'll yeah, get in trouble. I, for, maybe I'll get in trouble for saying this. Maybe I'll get reading in trouble reading this, the tea leaves. Uh, yeah. 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 I I, mm. I my theory is different than that. I don't think that was the case. I was in front of. I was in the front, and I could see Megan making faces of like where the hell are the guys they were supposed to be here mm. uh like them them going through the like walkies and like we need them kind of kind of attitude so i think they waited just as long as they thought appropriate for the guys to come out but they didn't um that's that's kind of like what i got from the situation and, and the operations team that was in front of me that they were kind of like because if you if you remember, first was Koke. Koke was the first one that walked That's by, true. and then all the Oakland players walked by, and it was a good—I don't think it was five minutes, but probably a good three minutes—that they hold it for the loyal players to come, but they didn't come. They didn't come, so they were like, "Okay, never mind, let them through." Jappy, I don't think Let's I don't see. think our two theories are. Um, in uh, opposition, with yeah, I don't think they're mutually exclusive. Some sort of relation between between those two. 
I think there could be some there sort can of be both. It, yeah, it can be it both. Could be both. Yeah. That right. was a much more like reasonable and like measured explanation. But to be fair to Nate, I did ask for the conspiracy explanation. So yeah. no, this is yeah, yeah. This we is... hit both ends of the spectrum <laughs> on that. Yeah, <laughs> put on yeah, that. No. But you're right. They're not mutually exclusive. They could be like, okay, guys, come on, come on. And at the bottom, they were like, no, we're not going. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I don't think I will. That meme or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um. But uh, and the last note I have here, anyway, on the rundown, uh, Colin Martin was man of the match. Um, Colin is fantastic. I think I heard once in a player interview, the player, I don't remember who it was, said that uh, Colin was the best player on the team, like from a technical standpoint. And I think that when you really just watch him play, like if you just spend 10 minutes watching him just move around the field, even without the ball, the guy is really, really, really good. And uh, you know, he played a bit of a different role this season, but I, he was one of my top five for player of the season. Um, but he was fantastic again in a difficult game. Um, so, uh, a lot of love for Colin and I hope he's around, you know, for a long time. Um, but I don't know, did you guys have any other players that you thought put in a good shift despite what was a rough night? For the record, I'm going to say one more time. I think I've said it like a gazillion times to everybody, Colin Martin is the best player of the loyal. And I have said it and I, people I have not liked when I said that he has MLS level because people want to keep him here. But I think he does have MLS level. Um, I have nothing against Colin Martin, but I was very against the man of the match award at the end of this match on, on Sunday. And I have been vocal about it. I don't think we should have a man of the match when we lose. Um, the players don't like it. You can tell that the players don't really want to get anything that day. I've, 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 I, that's my perception again. Um, yeah, I even, I, even, I even told Steve. It was funny because I, I told Steve, like, are we doing man of the match? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, that's bullshit. <laughs> I was like, that's bullshit. No, but I should get the man of the match. I was, of course, very emotional. And he was like, well, we're having it. And then he turns around. Do you want to come down? And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? No, I don't want to go down. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I definitely agree with your sentiment, Chappie. Uh, I think that there's a way that we can, you know, honor players who do play well, even in defeats, without going through the full, like, man of the match, you know, thing that, that, that we do. Um during losses, especially when it's a playoff loss where we got <laughs> where, where nobody was happy at the end of the game. Um, in terms of getting back to Colin, I mean, this is a guy who's, who's been with this club from the jump, uh, you know, for, for three seasons now since this club has existed and a guy that has always um, put his heart, soul, you know, for the club. And a guy who I think, you know, uh, when he's in the, the midfield is out there doing the dirty work. You know, uh, and I'm happy that he, uh, you know, even with the loss, um, got at least some sort of recognition because, again, that's a guy who's been here, you know, from the time this club has existed and may not put in, you know, may not put in the flashy stats that other players get, but as a guy that's been consistent for all three years um, and, and someone that I think means so much to this club to this and to this community. I agree. I, I want to like reiterate something you said about him doing the dirty work. Oh, I'm sorry about my camera. I was doing that while I was working today too. Um, 
but he he did a lot of the dirty work this season, and that's something he added to his game. I think was the defensive side, and I think he all like before that he was like our deep, you know, regista, deep lying playmaker. He would hit the long passes, and that was like an obvious thing he did well. But you know, as a central midfielder, I think they tend to get underappreciated, and I think this season he added the defensive side which goes even more underappreciated than like the long passing and stuff. And so I think Colin got better this year, but like got even less appreciated because he did the dirty work. And I, I, I agree a hundred percent Chappie. You said he's MLS quality. I'm kind of shocked that he hasn't like been snapped up. Maybe he's just happy here though. I think that goes a long way for some players. And I, I love Colin Martin. As long as he wants to be a San Diego loyal player, I'm happy to have him around. I think he would be good captain material too. If, uh, if Charlie Adams wasn't around um, speaking of Charlie though, I don't, he had a solid game, um, but I want to just shout out. I thought he had an incredible year, his best season yet. In my opinion, um, he had a lot of assists, which was awesome, but I just thought in general play, maybe it was just something they did tactically. They were able to unlock him, but uh I just thought generally Charlie had an excellent season, um, and I thought he deserved a shout out too, even though he didn't. Yeah, get the I, match. I I think that in terms of appreciation of players, it is always kind of unfair to to all the other players that do not score goals. Mm-hmm. People are always attracted to the goals, and it's always the Bacells, the Mangs, the Tumis. Like, oh, they scored. These are the best, the best player. But to your point, I I think I think what Koke did this year is amazing. He definitely showed up as as, as the experience, the talent, you know, he, he came in here and he shows, yes, this is, this is quality. Uh, Colin, Elijah Martin, terrific year, terrific year from Elijah, like a guy that got used to playing in, in, in the other side of the field because he's not a lefty, but the, the more than the year um, went through, like the more, the better he got at that position. Colin, Charlie, um, all these other players that are not always in the scorecard is they, they did a terrific job. These other guys don't score on their own. You know, they have a they need a team to back. Absolutely. And I think well, you're good you're good with stats, Dylan. Are we still the, the team with the most goals in the league? Uh well, I don't not including the playoffs because we obviously didn't score. Yeah, I think yes. we finished with the most in the Western Conference, but not the most okay. in the league. Okay. Uh let me see. I think let's see. Yeah, Tampa had 73 and we had 68. So yeah, second most overall, most in the West. I want I want to shout out one more player um, who it was unfortunate that he was injured and couldn't play on Sunday, uh, but I thought was extremely consistent all year, and that was Nick Moon, um, a guy again who didn't uh, get on the score sheet a ton, but uh, I felt like there were you know so many chances where uh, goals that we scored were created by chances that he created. Um, even if it wasn't an assist, but, you know, starting, uh, things in the attacking period, I thought that he was extremely consistent all year. And he was a guy that, uh, you know, I wish that he, uh, would have been healthy. Cause I think that we really, really could have used him on Sunday. Also, he follows me on Instagram. So I appreciate that. He always, he always look at my stuff. It makes me yeah. feel important. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Moon is an elegant player. I he dribbles at a quality that's probably even above MLS, but sometimes you know his end product is not quite there. But uh, I he is a lot of fun to watch play. When he gets the ball, you know something exciting is going to happen. And uh, that goal against he scored against Tampa in Tampa 
is you know maybe one of my favorite of the year just oh that's a good question i want to okay that's your favorite what about you nate oh it is one of my favorites but we can go with that (laughs) yeah favorite i have my favorite yeah i actually know what my favorite is too i have my favorite just because because of the situation i don't know if i mean it was a good goal but because of the situation uh the winning goal in phoenix i was gonna say the same thing i okay were you there in phoenix i was there yeah yeah yeah. we were talking right that's right just yes. being there in the stadium, having the Phoenix fans come out flipping us off, and like <laughs> you knew they wanted to beat our asses, like that was just so much fun. That to me personally, that was the best goal of the year, yeah, just because of what it meant for me being at the stadium. And yeah, that's that yeah. so much fun. Agreed. Nate, what's I'm your favorite? Out. I, you know, honestly, I would have to agree with both of you. Um, mm-hmm. I was, I wasn't there in Phoenix. I was watching at my buddies place in, in pb but um i remember when when he scored that i immediately jumped up off the couch and started screaming so uh, i mean again not only uh, the goal itself but the circumstances who we were playing the fact that you know if i recall correctly we were up two nil in that match and then phoenix came back and tied it and it was kind of a you know i think you could say that, that was a real turning point because think about last year the amount of you know late goals that we gave up um matches that should have been wins uh, ended up being draws. And so I think that, you know, to be able to deal with that adversity, to be able to respond and get the win um, on the road against, you know, our biggest rival, I think was definitely a sign that this year's team was different, was built different um, than last year's team was from a mentality point of view. I think, and that was a turning point in both team seasons too. That was what, maybe the fourth game, third game of the season, fourth game, I think. And, uh, you know, for us coming back and winning on the road against, I think, our biggest rival, it's fair to say, was a huge, like you said, it was a huge buoy for our confidence. And I think, you know, it was only the third or fourth game of the season for Phoenix. I don't think anybody knew they were going to be bad yet. That might have been one of those games that shook the confidence of them trying to build whatever it is they were trying to build this year. Excuse me. So, yeah, that goal from Guido... Guido didn't score too many goals this year. I think he had like four or five, but that was a hugely consequential <laughs> one. Yeah. Bangers only. <laughs> um, sorry, we got a little off track here, but like I said, oh, hybrid lounge. So we're having a good time here, but um, I do want to getting back to the question about the positivity of local stuff. We do want to give a big shout out to all the energy one Oh nine brought both to this game um, and all season. Uh, at home especially, but also on the road. Uh, I think Loyal, I think I'm totally pulling this out of my ass, but I think it's probably fair to say that Loyal travel better than most teams in the USL. I think at most road games, we had at least a few people there, even if it was like New York. I know there was Loyal fans. Like, I don't think we could have traveled further. Tampa, same thing. So shout out to 109 especially, but also all the people who gave all the passion all year. Uh, you know, spending their time and their money supporting this team. It was a lot and, of fun. And, and shout out to Jason Radcliffe as well, who puts yes. uh, all those away trips together. Absolutely. Of events. He's, he's absolutely incredible. Yeah. Jason the put OC, together some fantastic trips this year, Phoenix included. The OC trip was amazing. The takeover of that stadium was amazing. Another great goal in the season, Evan Conway, with that win. Yeah. And that OC. Yeah, shoot. Awesome. 
Speaking of players who maybe, I know Evan Conway got some love, but speaking of players who maybe flew under the radar a little bit in terms of their contributions this season, he scored a bunch of goals and also played wing back, which like mm-hmm. I'm certain he's never done in his career before because he was a striker when we signed him. Mm-hmm. So like that he was willing to do that for the team and then also scored nine or ten goals. Like I hope we can hold on to him because we got a gem there. That so. was that was going to be not to you know this is this to be a whole other conversation about who's coming back next year and, and whatnot. But you know he's a guy that I, I'm really curious. You know, is he one of these players that you know has gone from um, you know USL League One to the Championship? Is he a guy that's going to say, all right, do I want to parlay this and and see if I can continue to rise up, or is he a guy that is saying, you know, hey, I, I like what I've got going in San Diego? Uh, I mean, there are are so many questions I think about the roster going into next year. And, and again, that's this conversation and that, that we can, you know, have later on um, in this, in this podcast. But I think he, he's one of the guys that's kind of at the forefront there. And I think, of- I think yeah. he has the quality to go up. I agree. I think, he, I think he needs the minutes before he goes up. I agree. I think he, I think and hope he'll stick around for another year or two, um, but he's only 24, 25. He's got time. Um, and I do hope that he goes to the MLS or even Europe if he decides that's what he wants to do, um, because I think he's got the talent. And I, he actually he played in League One before coming to Loyal, but he played in League Two before that. Mm. So he if he can get to the MLS, he is one of the first players that would be like the complete example of the U.S. professional pathway. And I think that like. You know, even if he never goes on to play for the national team, I think that's the kind of thing that U.S. soccer needs to develop is guys like Evan Conway who come all the way through our, our system, you know, tier four to tier one. So I, I hope he goes to the MLS someday, but I first I hope he sticks around for another couple of years. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sorry, again, lounge, we're getting off track here, but... Uh, <laughs> Again, huge shout out just to all the all the members of the SG who just are keeping it growing and helping us, you know, keep it fresh and uh, keep it exciting. Um, and also, again, huge shout out to Drew for doing the uh, voice only pod last week. That was very clutch because, again, I think the entire city of San Diego was distracted by the Padres. Um, and also, just Drew, you know, we all miss you. Um, and he's done a lot of work this year and throughout the entirety of, of the SG. Um, I blame the last thing, Sorry? In there. Oh, I know. I yeah, Drew. okay. Yeah, Is that the official cold. narrative? The official locals yeah. narrative we're blaming Drew? I am. <laughs> I don't know. Personally, Nobody's I telling am. me otherwise, so it wasn't there. I guess we're going with it. Yeah, all right. Sorry, Drew. We love you, but sorry. <laughs> um, the last thing I have on here before I get into my wrap-up stuff on our rundown um, – there will be an S uh, season ticket member appreciation celebration at some point. Uh, this note just says celebration to be on a weekend in mid November. I know that's very vague, but uh, is, I that, also... is that a locals thing or is that a club thing? No, so that's season ticket members. So that's a, that's a club thing. Yes, that's a club thing. Um, okay. That was so last year. It was the one at Stone where the players were all there and they were like signing stuff. Um, yeah, when I was leaving the stadium, Stephanie um, Polonia mentioned something about it, but she didn't say when or anything. But she said, "I have another event for you guys. You know, okay. I'll keep you posted." So something, something else is coming for us. All right. Well, hopefully that'll be 
a good time. Um, if anybody has any details they want to drop in the chat that they've heard, um, that would be good. But uh, I think that's all we have, unless, Nate, there's anything you want to add, any knowledge you might have. Nah. All right. Um, okay. Uh, so, like I said, this is the last episode of the season. Um, we might schedule some stuff during the off season if there's, you know, noteworthy news that warrants it. Um, but we want to thank you all for tuning in this year and thank you for everybody who has been involved, come on and done their part. I know there's been a, a long list of different people. Um, Eric in the chat says week of the 14th of November. I'm assuming you're talking about there. Uh, for the season ticket member thing. So that would be, let me pull up my calendar. Uh, the weekend of the 14th is the 12th and the 13th of November. That's so, I don't know. Um, but anyway, what I was saying, thank you for everybody who uh, has been involved this year. Chappie, I know I've hosted with you before. Nate, I think maybe, I'm not sure, but I know there's been a bunch of people involved. Um, it's been fun. I really appreciated them looping other people in. I really involved, enjoyed getting involved. Um, yeah, I don't know. Do you guys have any just kind of final thoughts or uh, last things you guys want to talk about? Um, I, I do I have share some... it. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. Um, I do share the, the sentiment. I, I When I was leaving the stadium, uh, I think Travis and, and Nicole were mocking me a little because I was saying, like, I'm going to miss you guys. I'm, I'm literally going to miss seeing the people's being in that atmosphere is not just about the game. And that to me has always been very clear that it's not just about the game is I have conversations with my wife about like, why do you leave at 3 PM if the game's at seven? Because, because I want to be around these people because I, you know, I think the relationships and everything we have built is, is amazing. And it's not just about, the 90 minutes is is before and after the games, so I I am truly gonna miss miss everybody. Of course, Eric, my buddy right next to, in the stands. You know, it's 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 gonna be a long five months. I know I know we're gonna see each other eventually during the off season, but it's not the same. It's not it's not in my calendar. You know, like like the games are. So it's it's a little bit different. Yeah, for me it's one of those things where it's like. I just can't believe that it's over because this is something that, you know, we've been, uh, you know, week in, week out since February. And now here we are in October and, and it's just so shocking. And again, like Chappie saying, it's more than just the 90 minutes. It's about the uh, setup. It's about going to Coronado. It's about the barking lots. It's about, you know, anything that happens after the game, like all, like, all that stuff is, is a part of outside of just, the 90 minutes and um i'm just very very grateful to uh everyone that has you know every single member of this this incredible group um you know also extremely grateful to everyone in leadership um that has you know with everything that's going on in their personal lives and you know family life to be able to uh put you know the time uh to help build this incredible group and and you know want to Thank the, you know, um, Steve Brockoff in particular and the incredible work that he does uh, to to keep this group, you know, to that has made this group what it is. Drew as well. 
um, who I actually had the wonderful opportunity to see last week while I was uh, traveling on a work trip in Chicago. He took the train down to see me um, from Milwaukee, so it, it, it was great to see him. Uh, but yeah, everyone, uh, Sean Stone, Nick Duffy, Jason Radcliffe, um, you know, every, every single person, Tom Blick, um, obviously you, Chappie, Travis, Nicole, um, you know, yeah, just the, the, the incredible work that that leadership does, um, is, you know, this, this group would not be what it is without the work that, that, um, everyone's putting in day in and day out. Yeah. Absolutely. I, oh, sorry. Go I ahead. Wanna, Chappie, go ahead. I want to, I want to shout out. And I don't know if I'm going to be banned from the podcast for the rest of my life, but <laughs> I, I want to shout out Chavos because I feel that what 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 happened this year, what we built during this season, this year was amazing. Um, it was there was a lot of things going on at the beginning and the way we ended up. This is in the, the synergy or whatever you call it, you know, um, is amazing. We're one. We're the supporters group. We're in 109. We know. Like we support each other. We know each other personally. So that, that to me was also a big win in this year. And shout out to the people who organized the, the drum practices and, you know, the Cape, the Capos, Nick, especially, but, you know, everybody who has taken charge and doing that, um, the, you know, it's always fantastic, but I know they put in a lot of work this year. And I remember there was one game specifically sometime during the summer. I don't remember which game it was, but, where I myself thought like, wow, the drum sounds so good tonight. And like people remarked to me too, like, wow, the drum sounds so good tonight. And I know that uh, there was a lot of work that went into that. Um, but going, you know, going back to what you were saying, Nate, earlier, just about like the things outside of the 90 minutes, it's like, it is the community. That's what I've, that's what I've gotten out of it is like, you know, I, like I said, I'm a transplant to San Diego. I'm a new person here and I know some people, but you know, as an adult, it's hard, to, it's hard to meet people, make friends sometimes. And like, it's the community that, uh, that comes with the supporters group. And I remember I was talking with Drew one time we were watching a game at Bluefoot, I think. And like, it was when actually it was the, the conversation he told me that he was leaving, but, uh, he was talking about just how he he was telling me how he how much it meant to him that like you know all these people had come in and like built this community and it was you know it it was it resonated with me like I think that's really what's important is like we have all these great people that have gotten to know each other through the great times on the road you know at the home games at the pre games and uh, I don't know it's just it's been a lot of fun it's been a great year and I can't wait to see what comes next. I know this sounds like a lot of wrap up, but if you guys have anything you want to talk about, like what, what are you hoping to see going forward? Like, what are you, maybe not like next year necessarily next year, but also like, you know, one, three, five years time. What are you hoping to see from the supporters group? What are your, you can be wild about it. You can be realistic. Like, what are you, what are you hoping to see? Um, I, my, I hope to see, a complete full one on nine standing and chanting. Um, that's kind of like what I what I dream about. And I, if you missed this part of the show when I when I said I, I'm repeating myself right now, but during the first half of the game on Sunday, I felt something that I had never felt in one on nine, 
and with the stadium being packed and with us all being together and shouting. And that's kind of like what I have dreamed about. And if we can get that to be the whole section, even take over 108 and 110 and, you know, that that will be amazing. Um, I don't want to open the, the kind of forms <laughs> of the other stadium, but um, but that's that's what I would love to see. It's just getting bigger and louder and getting to meet more people that that's amazing like i i i i walk around the stadium and i say hi to so many people now that is it's amazing and 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 i don't mean it like like bragging like oh i know so many people it's not it's just it's my community is where i belong it's like people know me i know people and and if i can get to know the six thousand people that go to torero that'll be amazing you know I, uh, I, Jason, yeah, there it's getting highlighted, but he brings up a good one, and I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, even stronger away contingents, not that we didn't do incredible this year. I think there was chappy, what at least 20 of us in Phoenix, Monterey, yeah. there was 30 probably or more. You know, OC, we filled a few buses, but we can we can always get more people up there, like that would be a lot of fun. Um, Eric is asking, what will our new section be at Snap? So I don't know, Chappie, I guess we're opening that bottle anyway. So <laughs> if there's anything you did want to say that you were holding back. Um, oh, I, no, it's just, it's just like, just imagine if we could fill that section, whatever number it is at Snap. I think it's like the one directly behind the goal, I want to say, is like 138 or 137. I don't care. It's going to be 109. For loyal but, people, right, it's going to be 109. It's going to be 109. Um, and there's <laughs> the supporters section too is like five sections wide, I think. So, you know, there's lots of, okay. If we're really diving in on this, if Snapdragon is where we play, there's lots of room for growth. Oh yeah. Wonderful. And it's something good for me for, you have those bars at the that section mm-hmm. that don't let you fall. And I don't need that stuff. So that's a positive note there. Personally, I, I need that stuff. So. Yeah, I really like the safe stand again. The the folding seats. I don't know if you if you've got if you guys have been to Snapdragon yet and noticed this, but in certain sections they can lock the seats so people can't sit down, which is kind of fun. <laughs> so you could we could do you know the section behind the goal lock the seats and then the other ones you could let. I just think the fold down seats is a good option. Like it gives you versatility, especially if they have locks on them. Yeah. So I, yeah, I'm excited if if that's the case next year yeah i'm excited um when when are when when when, are, when is the loyal gonna say something about this if people want to know it's in like if anybody from the loyal watches this episode please let us yeah know yeah i know weston's gonna listen to this at some point so weston get get that train rolling i would i would imagine i i, I you know i don't know if it'll be anything soon just because of the potential you know like the, the potential ripples you know from from an announcement like that um i would say again just from reading the terrain like we'll we'll be at snapdragon next year um and like i said you know i have a lot of thoughts on it um but like to me my biggest thing is that if you know if, if this is it, it, to me, I, the way that I view it is like either they move into Snapdragon or MLS puts an MLS uh, next team in Snapdragon. Which I agree. 
uh, somebody an yeah. absolute disaster. So to me, it's like yeah. if this is what you have to do to ensure that no one else encroaches on this market, a market that MLS has been eyeing for 20 years. If this is what you have to do, like go ahead and do it. My biggest thing with the move into Snapdragon is that it needs to be a stepping stone, not the final destination. That's the I agree. That's the I, I don't remember who it was, but somebody even before this season started, I think it was at the listening session that was at, uh, I want to say modern times, like by the sports arena. Um, somebody said to me that like, or maybe it was Andrew. I don't even know what the listening session said something about like, the goal is to make sure the goal with Snapdragon wouldn't be so much that like, it's necessarily the perfect stadium for us. Like you're saying, it's not necessarily the long-term solution, but it is to kind of like, if we're playing at Snapdragon, it's a lot harder for the MLS to put either a next pro or even an MLS team in that stadium. It's much easier for them to come in and say, what can we do to elevate loyal to mm. an MLS club, you know? And so I, for that reason alone, I think it makes a lot of sense. And for me is enough that like, I could swallow any, a lot of other things, even though I do kind of like Snapdragon, even though I was not expecting to, I've been to two wave games there now and I was pleasantly surprised. So that all combined, like if that, if they do announce Snapdragon, I, I personally will be pretty excited about it. And also the transit connection. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you've ever talked to me after I've had a few beers, you know, that like transit and like, you know, urbanism are important things to me and being able to take the trolley to the games is, is big. That's um, massive. And that's gonna get, that's gonna help get bigger crowds in too. You know? Now, now that you're saying this, is that what all these trolley pictures are about? I'm kind of wondering. That's kind of my thought. Because <laughs> it's, it's just trolley and building. Because there's no way it's downtown, right? Like, yeah. there's just there's no way. <laughs> Sorry, loyal. We'll just spoil. Yeah, <laughs> we're just speculating. We're just, yeah, we're uh, one step one step ahead. One step ahead. Yeah. So I I want to highlight Eric said in the chat fuck MLS I agree wholeheartedly but <laughs> like the the idealist in me says fuck MLS loyal will lead USL to prominence internationally but I think realistically San Diego is a market the MLS is going to come yeah, yeah. to and it's, so it's... if it's right if it's going to happen I'd rather loyal be involved than get smushed sorry Nate go ahead no, no, no I mean I mean you know it's it's there's so much that could happen within the next five years. Uh, my biggest issue with moving into Snapdragon and potentially going down this path of maybe seeing ourselves in MLS in five, 10 years is like, I think that there's something that can be said for trying to grow too quickly. You know, mm -hmm. if, 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 if we're being totally honest, I mean, the only two games that were complete sellouts at Torero were the last game against New Mexico and then the playoff game against Oakland. Like there were there were times where Torero was, it was closer to what, like three thousand, maybe four thousand, in a six thousand seat stadium. Uh, I that's the thing though is that this like while you're right, we did only have those two sellouts as far as I know. This year the attendance was consistently higher than it was last year. While we may have actually literally had more sellouts last year, the average was lower. And like we had more games that were like three thousand something but, last year. But also, I don't, did I don't you think, think we had that, lower than four thousand this year. Well, but also let's not forget that what was it for the first two or three games last year, 
It was I would so, I guess not, maybe we do the average with oh, yeah. I'm not I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you. My my whole thing is like look, you know, you, you struggled for a lot of the year to sell out six thousand. Now you're moving into thirty-five thousand. <laughs> yeah. No, like <laughs> yeah. On a scale, I, I'm actually curious for both of you, on a scale of one to ten, how confident are you that next year uh at Snapdragon will consistently be getting ten to fifteen thousand? Like for like consistently, because I'm on a scale of one to ten, I'm at like a two or a three, maybe. No, like, we're not going to get ten to fifteen thousand. If, 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 yeah. if we do good, I think they're going to have an average of six to eight thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I would be ecstatic with an average of six to eight thousand. I think, and it's and the problem with it, in my opinion, is is the atmosphere. Um, with three thousand people, you have an atmosphere at Torero. With six thousand people. I don't know how much you have at Snapdragon. That's, We're that's, find I, out. I, I, haven't, I haven't been to Snapdragon. Both of you have been, so so you you would you would know more about kind of just the acoustics of the stadium, you know what 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 the vibe is like. Um, but just I don't know, just from like looking at the stadium itself, you know the just the big open end. Yeah. I'm like, Ooh, you know how how loud can that stadium get consistently? I wouldn't describe it as designed with like acoustics in mind i definitely don't think that was something they were thinking about that said for a stadium where i don't think they were thinking about acoustics it's louder than i was expecting it to be right yeah. uh, also also i didn't also to be honest and i'm not talking shit or anything but there was no like chanting or anything like that yeah well that's a whole other conversation but, but like in my opinion like to say how we will sound because i i didn't experience that so i don't know how 109 will be there or the locals will be there i don't know if the sound is going to get lost or not i remember when we went to phoenix the stadium is so open that we're going here what is it whatever their their supporters group is called I could not hear them, and they obviously were chanting, but I could not hear them because it was so open. Uh, it was just lost in the air. Well, Torero is closed, so it doesn't matter how loud you are, you're, you're heard. So that's, wanna, in terms of an atmosphere, it's going to change. I'm, I'm, I'm sure about that. I want to, um, if you can, Dylan, pull up Jason's comment um, again one more time. Wave I mean... So you talk, and then Jason, if you want to, um, if you're still here and want to respond to this, this in the chat, talking about a significant bump moving to snap. I mean, I don't know. Again, as someone who hasn't been to, to, to Snapdragon, it's that, you know, um, has not been to any, was not at any of the wave games that, that were at snap. Like, is there like, does the stadium really cause that big of a difference in attendance? Like, are there, were there people that were like, not going to loyal games because they were at Torero that will suddenly start going to games because they're at Snapdragon. Like, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm not Jason and I'm going to give him some time. I'm going to give my opinion because I guess I think that highly of my own opinion while I'm giving him time to type. <laughs> Sorry, that was a joke, but I, yes, is my answer definitively. And I was actually going to say that because I have reason to believe that tickets would be cheaper. First of all, like season tickets, I think, I think the cheapest season ticket in 109 for the renewals this year was like 300 something like that. 
I have reason to believe it's, it would be way cheaper, like to sit in the supporters section. So first of all, boom, right there, cheaper. But public transit connections, I mean, the only bus that runs by Torero is on weekends, 30 minute headways and like on a giant hill. So there's virtually no public transit to Torero. Um, and there is a trolley station that's like a 10 minute walk, but okay. Well, but yeah, but up a giant hill, right? I mean, yes. like it's you, you work up a sweat walking up that hill. Um, so the trolley stop is big, but also Snapdragon is nice. Like the out, the concourse was probably the thing that was the biggest pleasant surprise for me, other than like the atmosphere inside the bowl. Like it's just nice to walk around the concourse. They have great food options and very recognizable San Diego food staples. You know, like, you know, cliche stuff, but like your hoedads, your taco stand, um, Crack Shack, I think was in there. Like, it's it's your staples of the area. Um, it's just a, kind of a nice experience. And I think that it absolutely draws people who wouldn't go to Torero. Sorry, that was a super long-winded way of saying yes, but... That's uh, fine. And that's I was going to highlight that comment that just um, popped yeah, up there. Yeah, shiny new thing. It's always... It's shiny new like, thing that people want to go to. Uh, I know... It has been said just now, and I've read a lot about it in terms of what the wave has brought to this stadium. I also want to tell people to chill out in those with those stats, and this is why, because the wave had two massive attendance because it was the first game at Snapdragon that they probably spent the whole year marketing budget for that game, and then they have a playoff game. That's not Dragon, uh, which didn't sell out. Uh, I was there. It was not sold out, the, the playoff game. Um, yeah. So I want to see what a regular season will be for 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 the Wave at Snapdragon. I don't think they're going to open the whole thing, to be honest. No, it'll be just the lower bowl. And just the lower bowl. 100%. So yeah. I just wanted to make that comment. Interesting. Interesting. Maybe, maybe I'm a little bit biased because USD writes my fucking paychecks. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I, gotta, so we're paying I respect the hustle. <laughs> um, and I have two degrees, two degrees from. And we're also definitely not paying you to be here. So. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, like, like I was saying, like to me, I do feel like there has been, and you guys can push back to me uh, about this, but I, I do feel like at times um, there's been a little bit of just, I'd say disrespect to, you know, like uh, towards Torero, towards USD and like, look, they haven't been perfect partners. You know, that there's a lot of things that loyal have wanted to do that locals have wanted to do that USD has pushed back on. But like, at the end of the day, like this club wouldn't exist had it not been for USD stepping up back in 2020 to be like, Oh yeah, you can play your first couple seasons here. Um, and like at the end of the day, like it's it's going to be a part of the history of this club. Like their first home was at Torero. You know, I agree. And I want to be clear: any praise I put on Snapdragon is not meant to disparage Torero Stadium. I think I said in the Discord a while, like a couple of weeks ago, I look forward to ten years down the road when we can like look back and say, "Yeah, I was a season ticket member during the Torero days." You know, and like I remember that comment, yeah. Yeah, and like, I mean, I I don't know, I, like I I kind of hate that our last game at Torero was what it was, but 
I think for me, the like last two big memories I'll have at Torero are the New Mexico game getting go down on the field was obviously awesome gesture by the club and was a lot of fun. But that big win against San Antonio at home, like they were the best team in the league and we spanked them. And like, I just, I remember actually the game after that was like only a few days later was Oakland at home. Then we lost. And it was like, I remember the stadium felt like just so quiet that night because I think everybody was so emotionally hung over from that San Antonio game. And I just say that to like represent how big it was. Like it was an emotionally big deal. And I, so those will be my two like standout memories from this last season at home. Are we really not going to talk about the Sunday game? I I mean, wait, I, I mean, I thought we did, but like we can, we can talk about <laughs> I, it more if you want. <laughs> I, this is all I'm going to say. And I hope you two are listening to this, but Tomas Mang and Alejandro Guido, you can play as bad as you want. And I will never hold anything against you, but don't ever take the hope away of the fans. That's what you did on Sunday. Yeah, I know. I, I agree. And and look, we, we can talk about whether or not that was a red card on, on Thomas Among. I think the Oakland player dived. But like, look, you have it's the playoffs. You have to you have to maintain your composure. You 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 can't be doing that. You can't be doing that. It's the playoffs. You have to be better. You cannot get sent off in a playoff game. I don't care what's happening. I'm, I, and I was saying it to people around me on Sunday. I don't want to hear about the refs. I don't want to hear about yeah. this, that, and the other thing. We were down 2-0 by the time both those red cards happened. Yeah. Because we, we, we were, were we were on on Sunday. We were, we were on them. It was the momentum was coming. I felt that the yeah. goal was the, the, the goal was close. We had scored a, a one goal. We will have lived the best 10 minutes of our lives at Torero, regardless if we didn't score the second one or not. Yeah. Um, that took away everything. It, the, 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 personally, I felt anger, but the atmosphere deflated. It was like just you took away the hope. I don't know. Like, I don't know if I'm being eloquent right now, but. You took you, you you took the soul out of the stadium by doing that. Yeah, from there it was and, like, all right, it was done. And then and then also, um, I would like to address this really quickly, and and we can talk about this for as long as we want to. Um, I know that not you know there were objects that were thrown onto the pitch that did not come. There there were people from 108 and 110 that were doing it. We have no control over what those folks are doing. But there was there was stuff coming from 109, and I just want to say that that is absolutely unacceptable. Um, the way that that's that certain folks were acting in our section. Um, again, I don't want to. I you know I don't care how poor the refereeing is. I don't care how poor the team is. And it's not even just the fact that you know folks were throwing stuff, but also even some of the stuff that folks were saying. Like, look, we 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 have to be better because even if it is just one or two people, like you are, you know, what you do is a reflection on all of us. It's a reflection on the club. It's a reflection on the city as well. Um, and so I was extremely, extremely disappointed with the way that uh, some of the fans in, in 109 were acting um, for the last, I would say, 20 minutes, 20 minutes on Sunday. Um, it was it was absolutely despicable. It was it was disgusting. And to be honest, I was extremely, extremely embarrassed, um, you know, for for all of us um, with, with, with some of the stuff that was happening uh, in our section. Yeah, I think that's uh... 
Like, despite what happened on the field, like I said earlier, I think that the occasion largely lived up, but that definitely spoiled that a bit. Like, you know, regardless of what happened on the field, Loyal had this chance to finally host a playoff game, and it was a wonderful occasion for the most part. And then, yeah, people pulled pulled some stupid bullshit, and uh, it's never okay, regardless of what's happened on the field. Um, and I'm glad you brought that up, Nate, actually. I, I'm, I'm glad we didn't get through this without like talking about that. So um, thank you. Sorry, Chappie, were you going to say something? No, I was just going to say, I was going to try to put some positive note. To, okay. To terrible, to something terrible. Like I agree with, and I don't want my words to be taken in a different way. You should never throw anything on the field. I am okay with you yelling whatever the hell you want, to be honest. Um, like as long as it's not, um, I don't know. To an extent, you can. In my opinion, you can yell whatever you want. Kind of like that's, that's kind of like the a lot of people go there to do that. But but on the positive note, it it made me made me realize how passionate our base is and how how you know this is a freaking soccer town, and 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 that's probably the only positive thing I can take out of that 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 that. We we and and seeing it not just from one and I from but from around the stadium, the people were so involved with the ref and the people were upset about it. And being upset is is okay. Just just the, the throwing things part is the one that I can't can agree with. But um, I hope I hope my words are not taken in the wrong way. But I I'm, I'm trying to take something positive out of out of that rage that was that happened during that game. I appreciate the the positive spin, um, but yeah, I you know, it. Uh, I don't know. I don't really have anything. I yeah, no. And again, it's not. It's not. It's not just 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 seeing seeing people invested is what probably made me feel good about it. I mean, it's just it shows that I think that people people care. You know, it's the opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is apathy. Yes. And certainly people were not apathetic on Sunday. No, uh, they were not. <laughs> and to me, my whole thing is like, all right, you can channel that, uh, you know, that rage and that anger, just maybe channel it in a different direction than, mm-hmm. you know, um, some of the, some of the, some of the actions that were, that were seen on Sunday. And again, it wasn't just our section. I think, you know, um, again, there were, there were, multiple things that were, that were thrown from other sections. And again, we have no control over what other folks are doing. Um, we can only control what's happening in our section. And, and I will say I was, uh, as soon as that stuff started happening, uh, in terms of the objects being thrown, I mean, it was very, very quickly that people were pointing out, you know, who was happening and those people were escorted, um, from outside of, um, the, the section. So I was, I was very happy that we, you know, we do have that culture of accountability, that culture of kind of, you know, self-policing within our section, because again, at the end of the day, you know, I think everyone realizes that it doesn't, it's not just one person. It reflects on all of us, you know, and, and that's the last thing that we want is to have that reputation of, you know, being a club, being a fan base. That's like that. You know, we, we I think have as this, as long as this club has existed, have prided ourselves on, you know, a culture of inclusivity, a culture of love, a culture of care. And I think that, uh, you know, we cannot be doing anything that flies in the face of that. I, I think honestly, like just simple as 
San Diego fans and also San Diego loyal fans more specifically are better than that. Like, period. We are better than that. Um, and I think that you see that every time you go to a game at Torero, the way that people are so into the games there, it's a knowledgeable fan base. They, uh, it sounds more like a crowd in the premier league than it does like an, an American crowd where like the ooze and the ahs with everything that happens on the field. And that our, our fan base is better than that, like period. And so that's kind of like, you know, I think that's, that's where it is. And I, I agree that the self-policing is good because that's how we, we show and we continue to show that we're better than that. So yeah. there's um, always, there's always room for improvement. I, of course. Um, I will, I will. Yeah. I, I, I could not agree more with you in terms of, and I'm going to say this word once again, the atmosphere in that stadium is just amazing. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I grew up in South America and, and soccer is bananas down there and and it does feel very similar at Torero. I have been to multiple MLS stadiums and I've been to Copa America games in the States. I've been to other events in the States and um I've never experienced soccer the way we have we have it here in San Diego. And that is I think Landon has mentioned it multiple times. Is the atmosphere, the way the way the people react to, to the game is completely different. We don't need the we don't need the, the you know the announcer to try to rally up the people. We don't need that. We just the people know what they're watching, they're knowledgeable, so that's that's awesome. I outside of the locals too. Like I love that mm-hmm. I you know I see on Twitter and stuff. Like there's other sections. Like I think 104 has like a banner they always hang, or 102 maybe, or maybe it's both of them. And like I love that you know there's that sense of community all around the stadium. It's not just 109, even though that's what we're here to highlight. Um, I you know I just think that's great, and I think that like that's the sign of like a really budding fan base. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of work that's gone in and we've come a long way, but I think we, it's, we do well to remind ourselves that it's, this is the end of season three and really season two, because season one was kind of a wash in terms of like supporters culture. Um, we've come a long way in two years, three, two and a half, 2.5, however you want to count it. Uh, I think that we, sometimes we get ahead of ourselves, especially when we talk about like the 10, 15,000 people at Snapdragon, but like San Diego loyal fans, like we've done, we've done very well thus far to get where we're yeah. at. Yeah, I love it. Everyone in that stadium is is awesome, and even if it's not just us, I just want to recognize everybody. And a lot of locals are not in one hundred and nine, mm-hmm. so um, you see the scarves all around the stadium. So I don't know if anybody watches this that is not in one hundred and nine, but. I, I really appreciate just everybody in the stadium because it's, it's it's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, is that the people in 102 what they're talking about? Yeah, yeah I'm just trying to keep up with the chat is, here. I think 102 is the Liverpool. Yeah, the uh, Reds, yeah, the, the San Liverpool Diego guys. Reds. That yes, sounds yes. right. They have good, good, good chance. The, the the English way, I love it. I wish we had something like that. <laughs> there you go. We've got a 102 season ticket person here. There that's, you go. That's great. I'm glad to hear that. Um, yeah, you know, I I bounce back and forth personally between 108 and 109. Um, I go to the games with my dad and my girlfriend usually. Who, but you know, 
they'll come with me on road trips for away games and they'll stand and, and do their singing. But I think at home games, they just try and sit and enjoy the game. So I'm kind of bouncing back and forth usually. But I know that there's people in in other sections who are singing along with chants and stuff because I'm over there and I hear it. Um, and yeah, I I don't know. I think Torero will always kind of loop back. Torero will always have uh, a special place in our memories, regardless of what happens going forward. Um, Taylor says 102 arrogant bastards. Now I don't know if that's what they call themselves. I is that's a beer, right? That's a stone beer. So that would be fun if yeah. that's what they call themselves. I actually think yeah, they have a gargoyle on their on their banner or something. That sounds like that. right. Yeah. Nice, very cool. Well, shout out to them. Um, awesome. I yeah, I, I could I could talk all night, but I don't know how you guys feel about yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say I'm I don't have much else. I'm sure there was something else I wanted to say because I could talk I mean, forever. But again, this could open up a huge can of worms. But like, let's do it. Maybe maybe let's talk if if um, y'all want to talk about you know. I personally think there's a lot of unknowns with this team going into next year in terms of who is going to be back. Who knows if the manager is even going to be back? <laughs> like, yeah. You know, um, I I think that there's – I would love to see them run it back with this group and maybe, you know, uh, make a few signings. But, like, the the thing with USL is that you just – there's so much change year to year. I mean, even the fact that we've had so many players that have been here all three years is, like, I think definitely the exception, not the norm within USL because you have a mix of – guys that are career USL players. You have a mix of guys that are using USL as a stepping stone. You have a mix of guys that are kind of using this to wind down their careers, uh, which also want to give a, a shout out to Jack Metcalf as well um, on, on his retirement. Um, again, the guy who's been here from the jump um, has given his heart and soul to the club. But I mean, yeah, I mean, it, you know, how, how do you guys feel about, you know, the way that this roster could look next year from the manager to, to on the pitch? Well, I I think the managers are gonna stay, and that's based on absolutely nothing. That's just my my ass, I guess. Um, but I I think they're gonna stay. I think the base is gonna be the same. I would like to see younger people in the squad. I will I would like to see young talent. Doesn't have to be from San Diego, but I want to see young talent in the squad that gets the chance um um I, I and i'm talking about 20 21 22 year olds um because 24 i know you said it before the 24 is not that young in soccer it's not but uh, but i'm, I'm just i'm just ahead of him. yeah no, I no he has saying, a career I but i i want i want younger players that get the chance to play that yeah they get minutes in the, in the squad um, because I feel I, that being a division two, that's also part of it, right? Yeah. No, I, to build on that, I love what they did while well, Conway is one example, but also uh, Jackson Kazanzu came in at the end of the season was a league two signing. I love that kind of thing. I want to see like, like you're saying as a, as a lower division club, we have to recognize our place in the pyramid. Like, you know, we, a significant portion of what we do as a club will be around developing people. And I, I would love to see more of that. Um, I expect there will be a lot of people back next season, though, personally. Um, I, this is my personal take. Uh, the manager will be back? Yeah, I do. I, I think that there's enough question marks around some certain big game performances. 
of teams he's managed, i.e. loyal, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that uh, I just, I think if I were an MLS club and I was looking for a project, I might just go hire Nate Miller, honestly. But wait, I wanted to say real quick, though, this is like maybe a little bit going to ruffle some feathers, but this is my personal opinion. This is not like a locals endorsed thing, but I do think AC will be back next year if Landon stays because it's not like he's going to have a lot of offers from other USL clubs because he didn't exactly have the greatest season. And it sounds like Landon likes him. And if the guy's good coming off the bench, I just like, he's not going to be an expensive contract. Like I just, it makes way too much sense for me if Landon stays around. Like I, I just, that's my opinion. I do I think he'll be back. I can't I disagree with you, Dylan. <laughs> This is, this is. Reading, reading, reading the terrain and from from uh, what I've heard, hashtag sources, not naming any names, um, but uh, I would I would not be surprised if he's back. Yeah. And if he is back, I hope the club has a much better strategy than they did yeah. this mm-hmm. year. That's all yeah. I'm gonna say. <laughs> but guys, this is this is the part that I don't understand. I mean, we all talk, we all know what happened. They didn't play this guy. Why did you go through so much shit to not play the guy? And this is again to my point of having young players and actually playing them. If yeah. not, send them some. Look at uh, the goalkeeper that is in Monterey. He plays there. And he's great. We didn't play him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anthony. 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 Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I. There's something about these managers about not playing people that drives me crazy. And Andrew Carlton is a very good example of we trust this guy, but you don't fucking play it. So why, why, why do you do this? I don't understand that. Yeah, I I think that with Landon and, again, more specifically Nate, I think f- for them, a lot of times it comes less down to, like, who is going to be, like, the flashier, better, air quotes, player, and more it matters who's going to be the best fit for whatever it is they're trying to do. Like, I don't – I think that um, Boxall was, like, a really good example of that. Like, I don't think Nico Boxall is a bad player. I think he was a terrible fit for what it is loyal we're trying to do, you know? And so I think that's why sometimes players like Siaha, same thing. I think Siaha is a great shot stopper, but he can't play with his feet. And we've seen from what Koke does that that's what they want. And so that I think in my opinion, that's why Siaha never really even got a look with loyal is he's not good with his feet. And so like, sometimes I think they're going to value their system over certain qualities. And the, while that's frustrating, like, that's the world yeah. today, I guess, you know? Well, I mean, yeah, but, but I mean, like, they... Oh, sorry, sorry, go ahead, Nate. I'm trying to go. I mean, okay, we saw it last year with Corey Herzog, who was one of the best goal scorers yep. that this league has ever seen. Terrible but fit. Did not, but did not fit into the system that landed in Nate Wilde. I will say, if we had been able to sign Vassell last year, I do think Vassell might yeah. have brought the best out of Herzog, though. Yeah. Anyway, that's, you know, whatever. That doesn't matter. <laughs> But even, but I, I would even say that early on in the year, Vassell in the preseason uh, was still trying to figure out his way in the system that landed and Nate wanted to play. And ultimately mm-hmm. he was able to find it and was able to be, you know, one of the better goal scorers in the league. But 
uh, I can definitely imagine that uh, for players, it, it can be tough to adjust to that style of play that that Landon and Nate, you know. Yeah, have. I I I want to clarify my point in in giving minutes to a player, and I'm not saying start him. That's not what I'm saying with what I'm saying. Play the guy. I'm not saying start him, but I am saying give them a minimum of twenty minutes every week. When you have a player, and Landon Donovan knows this, he does know that from personal experience. When you're a soccer player and you do not play, you do not perform. And that's why he didn't stay at Leverkusen, because he was not playing. And if you have players that you're only giving them five minutes every two weeks, you're not gonna have you're not gonna have quality during competition. So if you have players, freaking play them or bring somebody that you are going to give that opportunity to. I have been very vocal every time that I have the chance to voice my thoughts about young players in here because the team does not give them the opportunity. Five minutes for a player in in competition, they have no chance of showing anything. A game against Tijuana, that means nothing, does not give them the opportunity to show themselves. So if you're going to have a CJ Fodry in the bench, you're going to have a, a Chavi in the bench forever. You're never going to know if these guys, if you need to give them the opportunity, give them 30 minutes, two weeks in a row for them to get the nerves out, for them to prove themselves. But if, if they only know that they only get five minutes and in five minutes they have to become the best player in the world because that's the only chance that the coach has given them, it's never going to happen for them. So you, you saw it this year with Conway. Conway got constantly 20 minutes or whatever. He got he got playing time. And he was good enough to deliver results during those times. But he had the, the, the you know the trust from the from the managers to get there. I feel that other players are not getting it. And 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 and, and this is during the three seasons that I have been watching the Loyal and I it's just my opinion. But that's what I meant by giving players minutes. No, I agree. You're you're totally right. And uh, you know, to circle it back, if guys like AC who are <clears throat> come with baggage, who who are going to come with baggage, like are not going to play more than five minutes, it, it's like why? Why did we go through all that? And I, you know, I I think the AC discussion is kind of hard. Like, because everybody's going to have their own opinions on it. And I try and check my privilege whenever I'm talking about, like, that situation. But I tried, I wanted to give the guy a chance, like, to show growth. You know, he was, he's, like, 21 now, 22. Like, there's room for growth there, right? But I just, the -the on-the-field production, like, I don't want to say that that's all that matters because it's not. In fact, that's what matters secondarily to me. But all the controversy he came with, like there needed to be some justification for it. And like one penalty goal in a game we lost five to two at home in April is like not, it's hard to say no matter what you, I guess what I'm trying to say is no matter what your opinion on the the Andrew Carlton situation is, it's really hard to argue that his on-field production was worth the controversy with which he came. I would, I would, I would, I would 1000% wholeheartedly agree. And I, you know, um, that's something that I've talked about with other 
you know, folks within this group as well. And, you know, you're talking about, uh, you know, wanting to give him a chance. So I, I, I think a lot of people know this already, but I don't know. A lot of people, so everyone in leadership knows this. I don't know how many people outside of leadership know this. Um, and I'm just going to throw this out there. I reached out to him twice uh, via Instagram. Uh, no, sorry, three times actually via Instagram to get a chance to, to meet with him, to get dinner with him, to get to know him. And he canceled on me twice. And then the third time he never responded. Uh, we, we had like multiple plans to meet up again, two of them. Uh, he canceled on me like an hour before. And then the third time I never got a response. So for me, as, as someone who spoiler alert, if y'all don't know, I'm black. Yeah. Um, (laughs) but like as someone who, you know, really wanted to be like, Hey, you know what? I will give this guy the benefit of the doubt, all that other stuff that, uh, you know, from his past, I'll be like, Hey, but to be, you know, to be honest, it's like, Hey, you know, eventually like you lose that benefit of the doubt when you, uh, you know, especially for, you know, he came in, everyone remembers when we did the podcast with Tony and he said, Oh, I want to get to know fans. I want to be out in the community. I want to, uh, you know, you know, get to know people, you know, even at events where there were other players there, I did not see him there. And those were opportunities for him to, to get a chance to, to get to know us, to interact with us as a fan base. Um, again, like I said, you know, I, I, tried to reach out to him and, you know, things, things kind of just fell through for one way or another. So, you know, at the end of the day, right, wrong, fair, unfair, if this is your reputation and not only your reputation, but the actions you have taken in the past and you haven't done anything to make me believe that you have changed, I'm going to judge you from those actions that you've taken in the past. And again, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's unfair um, to him as a human being. Maybe he has uh, changed from, from those, previous actions, but he, to me, he, as someone who has given him the opportunity to prove that he hasn't. So ultimately I'm going to go, I'm going to base things off of the data, uh, from, from his previous, previous actions. Yeah. And that's, I, I have talked to him on Instagram. My, my interactions with him have always been positive. Um, I, I have, I was not happy when the club announced it, I was vocal. I got, <laughs> I got told so by Landon Donovan in that discussion uh, that we had at the beginning of the season. Um, but to me, it's just what doesn't make sense in in, in from the club. Is is what I just said. You go through this, and and then you don't even play him. Like, why the heck do you yeah do i i will say on that point as to why the club like what were they even thinking uh, like nobody has said this to me explicitly but just based on people i know in the front office and things i've heard said and conversations that i've had i get the sense that there's a bit of a disconnect between the soccer ops and the front office ops of the club wherein the front the soccer ops kind of just does what they're going to do and the front office ops with relation to this Andrew Carlton thing was just left to deal with it. Mm -hmm. And so like, I think that's at least for me, that impression has kind of shaped how I viewed that whole situation. Um, But yeah, I don't, 
So I guess what I'm trying to say is, I think as far as a lot of the people in the front office are concerned, like maybe their their thinking didn't factor into that decision very much, you know. So I don't know. That's it, what, again, this felt, is my own personal thought. My own it, it it did feel very much like a Landon and Nate saying, "We're doing this thing. Everyone get on board." Or even just Landon. Or yeah. you know, I haven't heard Nate say anything that makes me think he was the one who made that happen. It's only been Landon, really. Yeah, I, I I had a conversation, and please forgive me, I'm not going to say anything about it, about the topic of the conversation, but it confront what you just said in terms of the disconnection between soccer ops mm-hmm. and the front office, because, because they said it to me. So it's interesting. It's interesting that you said it, because I, I saw that as well in a different situation, but I saw that being the case. Mm. Jeez, this might this 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 pod might uh yeah shoot you should have <laughs> cut this off before it got heavy y'all. <laughs> john might have to edit a lot of this out yeah oh shoot it's live though but no i you know it is like we said this is gonna be the last pod the last regularly scheduled one for the season yeah. at least i think if we're gonna if you got exactly. some dirty laundry you want to air like now's the time to do it i suppose um yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I I think that situation was tough, and I fear that they're going to push forward with it and not handle it a whole lot better. Is my my fear personally? I, yeah, I'm just I just I if they do bring him back, then the club better be prepared for because it'll be what happened back in. Uh, what was that? March was when they, whatever. Yeah, I think it was like March, April. It'll be that times a thousand. Right. It's going to be really way fun. worse because it's like, really, you're, you're doing this again. Seriously. Exactly. Really? Yeah. I want to, I want to, um, I actually don't know how to highlight comment. Can we highlight Taylor's comment? Yeah. I was going to say, we got to bring that up. Down there. Can we, can we get, the, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that that is ultimately the, the bottom line is that, hey, we are independent. You know, we, are we support the club but we're not we don't have to carry water for the club you know that that's that's yeah, that's well. kind of the way that i that i that i view it it's like we can support the guys on the pitch but i mean there was a point um at the start of the year where i was seriously considering like boycotting games because uh because of all this thing i was going down and i feel like that's one of the things that you know we have the benefit of being you know with being independent it's like hey we can we can say our voice and like we don't have to agree with every single decision that the club makes. To the contrary, I think it's our obligation as an independent supporters group to disagree with things we disagree with and be vocal about it. Because if you love something like we all love this club and you want it to be the best it can be, you can't just be a yes man. You know, you have to tell people when they fuck up and tell clubs when they fuck up. And so I. I'm glad we've done that thus far and we're going to have to continue to do it because they're going to fuck up again at some point. And I don't mean that as a condemnation of anybody in the front office because I, everybody I've met is fantastic and I think they're good at their jobs, but like, it's going to happen. It's just, you know, the world's not perfect. So I think more than like, is it's okay. It's an obligation for us to speak out about these things, you know? I just hope they sign Paul Mullen. That's all I care about. Paul Mullen. Yeah. Right. Super Paul Mullen. Hey guys, terrific, terrific season. I really have to go now. 
Yeah, we've we've stretched it out quite a ways. I, I, I want to. Yeah, I got. I, I need. I need to go eat dinner. So it's okay. at eight thirty-six. Let's do fifteen minutes more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But uh, I love. I love this though. I love yeah. you guys, and I love the chat. I love, and I'm privileged to have this opportunity to have my voice heard here. I know a lot of people deserve to be here as well. Absolutely. And shout out again to Drew and John, especially. I know you're always behind the scenes pulling the strings here. Um, you bring yourself in, John. Yeah, if you want to you jump on camera, you. John, get the love here at the end of the last episode. Um, yeah, there you go. Yeah, John, I don't know if none if, if you haven't ever hosted a pod, you might not know, but John does all the work, basically. We just show up and talk. Um, so uh, a lot of love there, and uh, it's been so fun, you guys. I'm looking forward to next season. Um, the Discord will be active, I assume, if you're looking to meet up with some other locals. Um, I'm all, I'm in there every day because I work from home a lot and I get bored. So, um, yeah, I'm always prowling the Discord. So uh, that's that's the place to meet up if you guys are looking for some off-season, uh, some fun. But uh, I don't know any last words from you guys, John, on Chappie. I, I have name? something. Yeah, go for it. I would like to personally thank as we. Drew especially pushed this, and we reached out to get a lot of different people hosting this year. And want to thank everybody who came out, because I think we had more than 20 different hosts throughout the season come on and help out. So I want to give a big shout out and thank you to everybody who came on and helped this season with the podcast. And I'm going to be hitting you up for helping out next year as well. Hmm. Absolutely. Thank you so much, John. Thank, thank you, you, John, very much. Uh, he has people that don't know this he's always every single episode he's in the back um doing his thing i don't know he's the one that clicks stuff and puts us <laughs> up there and puts the comments and so he's always there he watches the whole thing so that's that's amazing a lot of time invested that not a lot of us have a lot of time so that's that's much appreciated um uh, i i was gonna say something the last thing but I don't know. I, oh yeah. Um, apologies for my bad jokes on Discord. Um, I just <laughs> do that bad jokes. That's all. If I were critical of bad jokes, I would be critical of every joke I've ever told. So don't worry. I appreciate them. But uh, yeah, I. It's been a lot of fun this year, everybody. Um, looking forward to what we can build for next year. But uh, take care. Thanks for sticking with us for 90 minutes. Definitely didn't think it was going to go this long. But uh, have a great night. Stay safe, and uh, we'll see you next time. Peace, everybody. Bye.